Welcome to another edition of a Two Steps Ahead podcast. Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom, alongside somebody who has just recently been cast as the lead role of Michelle in Romeo and Michelle's grad school reunion. Hey guys, welcome back. Be sure to check that out. Okay, not really, but um, <laughs> but I was actually watching the movie and um, the other day and I was kind of glad I did because I finally found out who invented Post-its. I was confused. Tell us. Po- Romy. 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 Okay. Do you ever okay. see the movie? No. Oh, okay. That's why well, then you got to watch the movie. <laughs> we are here actually on the road. As you can see, we don't have our usual backdrop. We're actually in an office, and we've actually got a guest with us, Dr. Irene Yemajian with us, and she does have a bit of an alphabet after her name, so I'm going to let her introduce herself to you so that uh, you guys can know who Dr. Irene is. Thank you, Son. You're welcome. The alphabet is Saidi. It's a doctorate in psychology, and it's LMFT, licensed marriage and family therapist. Yeah, so again, because we always talk about uh, the stuff we've stand in and the stuff we go through, I kind of butchered the whole thing the first time around. <laughs> That's why she got to take it the second time, because it was a mouthful. We vetoed him. He yes. does not do well with alphabet soup. <laughs> now, you are a doctor of clinical psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. What made you decide to do psychology? Uh, actually, when I was in high school, one of my best friends committed suicide, Ooh. and I did not know how to help him um, when he was really depressed. And I mean, in high school, you don't really know what on earth is going on. We're all depressed in some way. And um, so I just really got fascinated with actually suicide and figuring out why people wanted to kill themselves and what led the depression to get so bad. And then I just kind of took a route and never ended. Full force. Wow. I guess one of the things that uh, we're actually going to be talking about today, which kind of leads us into that, is taking care of ourselves, kind of the self-care type of thing, because I know a lot of times life can get to us and be stressful, and we don't know how to take care of ourselves. And sometimes, like I know for me, I can overdo it sometimes and like commit to too much, and then I realize that, wait a minute, what happened to me? And, and I know when I was working uh, at the college, that happened quite a bit, where it was like overextending myself with the different students that I was trying to help. And I felt like if I said no, or if I didn't give them the time, and this person the time, and that person the time, I'd be failing in my job. But what I was really doing was failing me, because I started to then suffer from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about, and then we'll see where the conversation goes. And I guess the first thing, um, Irene, is that if we are feeling because you mentioned stress and i know a lot of people are probably suffering from a lot of stress right now with everything going on what's the first thing that we can do to manage those stressful feelings that we have i think it's important to know where your stress is coming from you know a lot of times we get very anxious because we don't know what we're stressed about or what we think we're stressed about is not really what we are actually stressing about um so Right now, I know a lot of people have been coming into therapy because of COVID. Mm. Um, However, what has been kind of showing up more is they're actually more stressed about quarantine because they're home, they have to look at themselves, they have to spend time with their family, or if they live alone, you know, they're just alone, alone. And so really just pointing out what exactly is it that's stressing you out is going to be much more helpful than just kind of like I'm just stressed out and I'm going nuts. <laughs> so take a step back, take a deep breath, and ask yourself, what am I stressed about? And start from there. And do you find that people are surprised about what they're stressed about because maybe they come in for one um, thing and then it it they discover something else? Absolutely, that happens more often than not. Sometimes people will come into therapy 
and they'll just you know be like, well, I just, I'm just here. I'm not really depressed. I'm not mm. very anxious. And then you start doing an intake with them and ask them all these questions, mm-hmm. and they're most of the time they'll be like, I didn't even know that bothered me. Still, mm. you know, I didn't know that that's where my anxiety was coming from. I didn't even know I was anxious. I just thought I was a hyper person, or that right. I was just, you know, um, very, um, you know. I don't know, irritated because, you know, I wasn't getting things done and so Mm -hmm. forth. So, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely an interesting thing once you start working with the mind. So Mm -hmm. teach people a lot about themselves. I'm also very sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm also very curious about the you mentioned quarantine and people being stressed out because they're quarantined. Do you find that people's lives mask the busyness of their lives kind of mask what's really going on. And now that everything is taken away and they're in quarantine, now all of a sudden issues become visible and problematic. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, you know, before it was just kind of not as much of an issue because of life was just, you know, one thing to the next. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point that you're actually bringing up because it's, we get so caught up with what we need to do, you know, and what needs to get done and going to work and getting their own time running, you know, running around doing this. And so when you take all that away, then the reality hits you as to like, okay, so what are my actual, you know, things that I need to focus on? And you realize that you have chosen a lot of things as excuses, you know, to cover up for what you need to actually pay attention to. Maybe at home, your kids, your husband, your wife, <laughs> your relationship, yourself, you know. And so taking away the whole, uh, I have to drive to work, I'm running late, what do I need to wear? You know, all these little ridiculous things that in our mind that we sit there and we stress about. Um, and then getting to work and getting things done and avoiding other things in our life. Um, absolutely. That quarantine took that all away and said, Look at your life. <laughs> well, not to therapists. It just said, you still need to be a therapist. That was the one thing that our, you know, job and doctors, you know. But, yeah, it, it definitely took away, you know, a lot of the external stuff and said, look at your life. This is what you're dealing with. And it kind of actually gave a lot of people a reset mm. in a way. So it has, it's had a lot of positive I was going to say, as we enter that new normal, maybe people will start to think about things in a different perspective than what we used to because we've gotten accustomed now to a few months of having to just deal with our plain self or just, you know, I know a lot of people had to deal with the hair, you know, she had to deal with hair issues for months because you couldn't get your hair down, you couldn't get your nails done. And so then it became like, okay, at one point that might have been a big deal, but now I'm not going to stress it because I can't. And so maybe now we have a little different perspective and those type of things. I don't want to call them superficial because they are important, but they're also not as important as maybe stuff on the inside and taking care of our mind, taking care of our spirit, taking care of our insides versus the outside. And maybe people have a more healthy approach to life as we get back to kind of like that new normal. Yeah, and spending time with people that we don't really spend time with, but yet we call them our family, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, absolutely. I don't, you know, it's okay to pay attention to superficial stuff like how does my hair look what am I going to wear how does this make me look you know and so forth because it just makes us feel better when you know you're wearing such a pretty blouse I'm sure you wore it because it makes you feel pretty you know and I did my hair because I want to look human <laughs> you see me at home I don't look like this <laughs> um, you know so you're you know you have a nice hat on and I so all these little things yes they're superficial but they are also important so we can't re- we can't separate it from life altogether 
In fact, before the show, I was uh, trying to ask which hat because I bring a variety of hats and try to match the hats <laughs> with what I'm wearing. And so, yeah, it's important. Um, one He's of the things. The real diva. Don't let no. him kid you. <laughs> Go to Instagram and you'll, you'll see that. Yes. Walked. Yes, yes. Walked. He gave us I did the cat rock and everything. Yes, uh-huh. yes. We yes. chose one, then he asked it for sure. No, yes. Exactly. And then I triple checked just to make sure. And then I did a straw poll. Diva. Uh, no. Um, one of the things that I like to do. Um, for relaxation and just to try to get away is one of the things I do is I like to go to the beach. Now, I know it doesn't have to be as complex when you're taking care of yourself. It could be the little things. I know, like, a lot of people like to get massages or, like, go to the spa day, you know, or even just get your nails done, you know, sometimes go and get your mani-pedis are a good thing. Um, I like just to go to the beach. I like to sit on the beach, um, and when I do the beach, it's not necessarily the beach activities like swimming in the ocean, playing volleyball, doing all that stuff. Sometimes it's just sitting on the beach, listening to music, you know, maybe have some snacks there, and just kind of veg out for a while. And I like to do it in the evening, like the afternoon evening, because, one, I'm white, and I bake and so i don't like to get burned i don't like the spf 5000 baking on me so i do it when the sun is less intense and then i like it as the sun goes down it's just kind of a relaxing thing and so that's one of the things that i like to do to just kind of de-stress and kind of take care of myself and i find that it helps me to just kind of get rejuvenated to life especially when life was even busier to just kind of relax mm-hmm and I, I actually like to run. So last night I went out for a run and I've been, I don't know, man, the last three, four months I have been in such a funk, which I feel bad for you guys listening that you're joining us new because I have been in a little bit of a funk. Um, but running really helps as opposed to walking. If I can get out and just really go fast, which I'm not, you know, to me it's, I'm like lightning speed, but in reality it's like a 12 minute mile, which is pretty slow. But if I run and force myself to get all that going, that is huge. It just, you know, the endorphins come, the adrenaline comes, it just cleans out all the cobwebs. Um, it's, it's nice that you can actually do that. I know a lot of people were so terrified of going outside because they were just like, oh my God, it lives in the air. We have to wear our masks, and I see people running with masks. And I'm well, people like, have, oh like, questioned me a couple of times, yeah, and sometimes I get the stink eye on the trail. I cannot run with a mask. Oh, God, no, that's Beca- dangerous. It's dangerous yes. because you're not getting enough oxygen. Yes. So I don't – I wear the mask all the time except for, you know, when I'm yeah. running. But um, there are people who – so we, you know, it's kind of like a game, like sometimes in the crosswalk, it's like a puzzle, like, okay, now you go here if there's a bunch of people at the same time. It's like, I you go here, straight. you go there, you go. <laughs> I walk straight. I let people move around me. Yeah. Because if I move, then they move, and then we're just like doing this thing, you know? Right. So yeah. I just go straight. I pretend I don't see the stink eye. I just smile. <laughs> Looking at people, and that's about it. <laughs> so that's the one thing. First off, I like going to the beach because I like watching the endorphins swim in the ocean. But then, too, <laughs> um, but then, too, so I was, uh, this is kind of interesting because I, I just got back a couple weeks ago from Nebraska. I went and visited some family. And on the on the flight, they had the middle seat empty. So you had your space, right? And so we've talked about irrational fear leads to irrational behavior. And so the people recommended, the, the flight attendants recommended that the middle seats stay open so that you can have your distancing. Okay. So this couple were the last two to come on the plane. And I guess they wanted to sit together. Maybe they were oblivious to the middle seat, whatever. And so they sat in a row that the window seat was already occupied with somebody. 
Okay. And so when the couple sat down, the lady at the window seat kind of got a little nutty and I couldn't really hear what she was saying because she had a mask on and she was muffling, you know, whatever, but she was like panicking as soon as they sat down. And then she got up, climbed over them and, you know, kind of caused a little bit of a scene, but then went and found, I guess, another seat that was open because the plane was full and we take out the middle seat, every aisle and every window seat was going to be taken. And so I just thought that was kind of bizarre. Like, I understand that you want to, you know, follow the rules and, and be safe, but to the point where you kind of cause a commotion, you kind of get this deep panic because somebody sat down next to you. Uh, if you want to move, that's fine. But it was like the point of it was that there was this panic that set in, not because maybe the threat of being sick, but it was the violation of the rule that somebody sat in your middle seat that kind of triggered her. And have we gotten to the point now where we're kind of, you know, we're talking about walking down the street. What do we do? Um, I walked into a place on my way over here. I forgot my mask. And so I just wanted to grab a quick drink. And it was like, uh, where's your mask? I'm like, I don't know. Can I just buy this? And I'll be out in 30 seconds. Um, it's kind of to the point where it's almost like we stress ourselves out so much because of the rules that we don't use common sense. And, you know, Tara knows I like to think of things through common sense and reason that, like you say, if you walk outside, we're not going to just get sick and die from walking outside. There has to be an exposure. Somebody has to be sick or get us sick. Have we gotten to the point where we're kind of stressing ourselves out even more because of the panic that's going on? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're more stressed out because of the panic inside of us and the unknown than you know anything really that's really happening right now and of course you know parents need to stay home with their children and be a teacher and you know and work and and a parent and stuff that's on the other side but yeah i think that it's just important to understand that we you can only do as much as you can do you know throughout the day and just make sure to take care of yourself it's okay i I walked i ran into the gas station and i i totally forgot i don't know i think after all the riots and everything my brain was just fried from all the trauma and i was just i ran inside of the 76 gas station to grab water and the guy at the cashier he was like stop stop and i looked at him i was like i am just buying what i'm like can you just ring me up just like that you know like the, what happened with you and he goes next time you need to have a mask on he like yelled at me i was like okay you know if you didn't say all that i would have been out of here like two minutes ago you know yep, what yep. i mean so it was just i think that Yes, sometimes, you know, what happens within ourselves is that when we don't have enough information in our mind as to what is actually going on and what is real, you know, reality versus myth, um, we tend to panic in ourselves. It's just a regular human being. We're trying to protect ourselves. But we also have to understand that by someone panicking like that, especially on the airplane, which you should not panic on an airplane. It's the worst place to panic, (laughs) you know, and it's already claustrophobic and people are already traveling and they're already scared and they're already anxious and they're already. And so I think that when it comes down to, you know, panic or anxiety coming up and something like that happening, it's important to just kind of stand up and maybe like quietly go and like tell one of the workers, can I just go move my seat? I don't feel comfortable, you know, but not everyone is very mindful. Of course, we're all human. We kind of react, but yeah, absolutely. Panic as panic is worse stress. To, it causes worse stress to your body than anything. Mm. You know, it, you're just stressed out and everything's like firing and you're not even, you know, you're not even in your right state of mind to respond in a normal way. So what way. does panic and anxiety do to your body that like kind of short circuits the the normal processes that cause us the to be able to think straight and react in yeah. ways that are quote unquote normal or healthy or Well, I mean, the first thing you have to realize that when you panic or when you're having anxiety, your mind just kind of goes into survival mode. Mm. And so you're just kind of like fight or flight. 
you know, or freeze. Mm-hmm. So we were actually talking about this. You know, <laughs> we were talking about it at the front desk. We we're like, oh my gosh, with everything going on, we've been like, oh, my brain is fried. You know, we don't, because there's so much going on and we've had so much anxiety, especially in the month of like March mm-hmm. when we were told that we have to stay home throughout that whole process and then up and down, up and down. We thought COVID was going down, then the rides and stuff. Eventually what happens is that when you are panicking and when you're super anxious, especially if it goes into panic anxiety goes into panic your mind your body and your mind go into survival mode and when you're in survival survival mode you can't make right decisions so the first thing that gets affected is your decision making so survival mode is basically taking you back taking yourself back to what's basic right which is why we can't make higher level decisions because that survival mode is what safety personal safety right Mm -hmm. and then and it's also hunger it's also What are those basic survival? It's it's basically uh, your drives. And so your basic needs, which is safety and food. Okay. You know, and then comes sex if you talk to Freud. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so like what drives you? And when you're super panicking, you know, what drives you is how do I survive? So which, what what does that mean? Fight, flight, or freeze? Mm -hmm. And then some people would say faint. Right. And so we're all we're thinking about in that moment is our personal safety Um, or get either getting away from the danger, handling the danger, or if, you know, sometimes San has been the, the uh, recipient of my hangry because sometimes I get really... <laughs> I always carry Snickers with me. I'm, get like, that her. I'm like that too. I think uh, it's a woman thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sometimes, I'm, I'm okay for a while and then I get to the point where I'm just going to like bite somebody's arm off. Like yeah. I, I'm, it's, and I'm super that's angry. Another, that's another, you know, survival right. mechanism. So you know, like, only focus and then on the minute that. you get food, um, it's like drug addiction. Yes. Right. When someone is addicted to drugs, um, you know, or a drug or whether it's alcohol or whatever it is, they will do anything and everything. They will get in harm's way in order to get to that drug. And mm-hmm. so your drug is food at that time. Mm-hmm. The lady on the airplane, her drug is, oh, my God, I need to get to safety. I don't even know where safety is because I'm on a plane. <laughs> but, you know, it's but the lady is just thinking, oh, my God everything that she's heard in the news is now coming back to her and she's going, what do I need to do to survive without even realizing she might be harming the person in front of her. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the beauty of panic and anxiety. And rational doesn't, you can't rationalize with someone in that state of mind. So if someone, you see somebody panicking, we have to kind of let them yeah, and the worst thing you can panic. tell them is to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Never tell a person to calm down. Some, If you ever see someone panicking or having anxiety, the number one thing is, first of all, you can give them a bottle of water. Mm. The minute, you know, when they touch the bottle of water and just tell them, it's gonna, you know, it's okay, I'm here. Just, you know, it's okay, take a breath and then take a breath with them. You know, look into their eyes, make sure they're alert um, and just be very soft with them. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes when people are having a panic panic attack like we'll have it sometimes here at hillside where we'll be having a session someone's having a panic attack and that's the number one thing is that's why we have water everywhere mm. you look mm. um we give them water we tell them take a breath it's okay they don't have to continue talking and then we do a little bit of an exercise it's a grounding exercise it takes like 30 seconds mm-hmm. to get them oriented and then we bring them back but it's just too much to do with the person yeah. on an airplane or the person that's 76 or and so forth we well, just I have think to you can that. ask to ground somebody i i actually have um flooded so there's another term for that there's mm-hmm. been in situations where i have gotten so overwhelmed i was in a like a group um a group session, I guess, a group therapy session years ago. 
And I completely flooded. I got so upset that my, I just was like starting to hyperventilate. I was panicking. I was like having this like attack. And so the therapist in the group, she did grounding techniques. And so she was asking me what color is the wall or what color is the floor? What, tell me what you see, describe what you see. And it was a way to get my body to calm down and to refocus on something outside of, you know, that panic. And I'm so grateful for that experience because uh, when I was getting my master's degree in organizational leadership, we had um, some of our professors were therapists. And so we were in a group um, session one time. We have to go through um, at the beginning of this particular school, the Townsend Institute, um, they have like five days of group therapy that we have to go through, right? Because you can't help other people unless you have already helped yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. So they were giving us some heavy-duty therapy, and this girl started panicking. She started hyperventilating, and she was screaming, and she was like, I forget what it was that she was screaming, but she got really, really upset, and her hands started um, shriveling, and she couldn't breathe, and her face was turning clammy, and, and I'm like, oh, she's hyperventilating. So I told the one of the other girls, I said, go get her some water. And then I got like totally just got in her face. And I just said, tell me what color my eyes are. Tell me what color my shirt is. And it took me a minute. Like she was really like in another place, another world. But then eventually I was, you know, I I kept at it, you know, and just, and they were like rubbing her hands. And then we made her take a drink of water. And then finally she kind of came out of it. But even on an airplane, you could, I'm assuming you could ask somebody some questions, right? To get them jarred out of that momentary panic situation to get them to refocus on something else. Yeah. You, you could sometimes though, what happens is that when people are in panic mode, um, especially if they're in that like fight or flight, they kind of don't see everything right blurred right and so um maybe speaking louder yes <laughs> i was <laughs> yelling to angel talking a lot to that girl saying their name <laughs> if you say their name like you automatically get someone's attention when you say their name so mm. just saying their name out loud um will kind of get their attention and then just you know allowing them to calm down or give them water um it, it's so important that we know how to deal with panic because it's it's unbelievable we have eight-year-olds having panic attacks mm an eight-year-old mm. you know and so learning that anxiety is normal depression is normal that's the one thing we like to teach kids but when they're having panic uh, you know a panic attack they it's like you're almost like you don't have control over your body right you know and it just this feel this feeling just takes over your body and you don't know what to do so i think that for a lot of us especially during this time you know taking one way of taking care of yourself when you know that you know you might you know struggle with panic or anxiety is every day making sure you carry water with you mm. Making sure, you know, you're not watching things that are too stimulating to your brain, like the news. Oh, good <laughs> God, please stop watching the news. Yeah. It's like the worst thing yeah. we can do. People watch the news when they wake up and people watch the news when they go to sleep. The two worst times you can watch the news. Mm-hmm. I like to watch. I don't even watch the news. I read the news. Um, nothing like too popular. I like to kind of like do my research on like what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like two sources I'll kind of go to. Um, and that's like midday when I'm totally bored and mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have anything else to do, you know, and I take five, 10 minutes. I kind of skim. Is there anything important going on? Should I know? Because you know, when you're on Instagram, the news is there, you're on Facebook yeah. and news is there. Like yeah. you're constantly knowing what's going on. But what I realized is that it used to be like older adults at home watching the news constantly. 
now it's the whole family, including kids. So even though it's like background mm. music, mm. I think we were talking about this. Even though it's background music, background noise, noise yeah. your, your unconscious is still Taking pulling in, in the information. Yeah. You know, and so you, you got to like fill your mind with a little bit of like different things, like watch cartoons, watch movies, watch happy stuff, watch content stuff, read positive things. You know, how many times can you hear about COVID? Right. It's like the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, I think once you hear it in the week, you'll be updated. Done. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you said cartoons because I recently went and found Laugh Olympics. It's, 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 it's Scooby-Doo, Yogi, uh, Yogi Bear. Uh-huh. It's a bunch of those... Um, cartoon characters that perform in Olympic style games. And then you have, so you have the, you have the Scooby Doobies, you have the Yogi Yahooies, and then you have the really rotten's and the really rotten's like cheat all the time. And so That's probably your team, right? Yes. And yes. so then you have like uh, all these different like characters. So you have like Yogi and Boo Boo, and then you have quick draw McGraw and you have, uh, you know, like I said, Scooby Doo. And then you have like the people from speed buggy, all these cartoons, but they've merged them all together to have a, uh, an Olympic style competition every week. And so, uh, sometimes so I'll just sit back and watch that, and then people <laughs> like, because I'll tell people that's not like, isn't that a little juvenile? I'm like, dude, that was my childhood. It's taking me back to some fun times. But um, I'm glad you said cartoons. I don't feel so bad about myself because no, I actually you do watch it. Definitely watch cartoons. I love watching that. Laugh Olympics. I think it's on Netflix or something Laugh like that. Are Laugh awesome. Olympics. I watch a lot of classic movies. I also my you know vice for mindless entertainment is The Bachelor Bachelorette. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. yeah, like anything that's mindless that's fun that's you know not serious that you don't have to really process <laughs> yeah i'm usually when i watch reality shows i'm like i'm looking at the interior designing in the back yeah you know i'm like oh i like that pot i like that vase like you know and then I, i'm like oh i can't wait till home goods opens up so right. you automatically start to think about other things you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. So I, I just, I think it's important for people to realize to maybe get in touch with themselves and ask yourself, you know, what types of things did you like to do before COVID, before all that? Well, I like to go outside, but I'm terrified of going outside. Okay, but you can still go in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you don't want to walk around your neighborhood, what would you like to do? Do you want to play ball with your kid? Do you want to play with your dog? you want to go sunbathing outside? I don't know, something, you know. Um, but cartoons, and my favorite are to watch, um, like, stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. like awful stand-up comedy. So I'll just randomly like pick someone and I'm just like, oh God, I feel so much better about my life right now. <laughs> you know, But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nice to watch something that makes you laugh because it automatically changes your mood. Yes. So. We are here at uh, Hillside Wellness Center. Dr. Irene Yamajian with us. Sidi LMFT. Did I get it right? You did. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm assuming the Sidi is a doctor in psychology. Yes, it is. And then the uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. You can actually find them online at hillsidewellnesscenter.org. And you can find out more information. But uh, just want to let you guys know about that. And we're just kind of talking about uh, self-care, taking care of ourselves, dealing with stress and things like that. And, um, you know, one of the things as you, as you were kind of sharing some things, it, it's almost like we have to kind of somehow still live a normal life in, in abnormal times because that keeps us grounded. Um, I know during the, the initial lockdown stage, for example, uh, everyone was staying home. Well, I discovered that with everybody being at home, 
the L.A. freeways were wide open. It was the most amazing thing. It was. And so stay home. COVID's not over. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home. <laughs> Don't go um, anywhere. It's pretty amazing. Still, gotta stay home. <laughs> the freeways are but, awesome. But no, but so, and so I would hit the road and I would go down to like Long Beach, for example. And this, this was before the severe lockdown when the restaurants were still kind of open and stuff. We're not judging you. It's okay. No. And, uh, but they I'm will. I'm judging yeah, you. she does. <laughs> I don't she judges. I wear she the mask. The, she's the judgmental I one. I don't walk in and say, ooh, I forgot yeah, my mask. She would have the partition right here if she could with a plexiglass. <laughs> I went to Vegas and then she came back and she was like horrified that I actually left town. Um, no, but, but, but there is some concern. But no, but that was the thing. It was like I still got out and I still tried to live. So like, for example, uh, Ventura was still kind of open. Okay. LA County was shut down, but Ventura County was still more open. So I went up there for a day or a weekend or Orange County. You know, they were a little bit more, uh, open than LA. So I'd go down there. So I'd find the pockets of life that was more of a normal way of living. And I would just go down there and spend the day. And it got me out of this routine of being locked in the house. And so I tried to kind of live. And then the other thing someone asked me was, what else do you do? I'm like, well, we still continue doing our podcast. We still continued doing some of the things uh, with this project that we would do before and hopefully after COVID. And so for me, part of it was just living a normal life as much as I could Minus going to the bars and stuff like that because people think I'm an alcoholic, but I'm really not. So um, he drinks at home instead. Yes, I drink at home <laughs> watching Laugh Olympics, and it's a great evening. He actually has really great beer videos if you follow him on Instagram. Yeah, I really like your beer well, videos, you. actually. And they're so fun. They're yeah. informational, yeah. and I, yeah. I love them. I'm not even a beer drinker, yeah. and I was like, I should probably try that. Yeah. Try that. <laughs> but, but that's part of it, just kind of, kind of, kind of for me, doing normal things because it kept me from from really focusing on some of the other stuff. The one area that sometimes I kind of get lost in the abyss, which I sometimes do on purpose, is social media. Now, Instagram, like you mentioned, the, the beer stuff and some of those other things, you know, that's just me trying to have some fun and, and do some creative things and stuff like that. But it's when you get caught in the engagement, like, for example, on Facebook or some of those places where you can leave posts back and forth, um, that's where it continues. So you mentioned earlier watching the news, so yeah. cut out watching the news. But then also there's times where we are engaged in like Facebook, for example, for a lot of people that are in Facebook and arguing back and forth there. So there seems to be a relentless, endless cycle of just argument inundated with the news, arguing some more inundated with the news. And it's just Which on and causes on and on. more exactly. depression, anxiety because of what we're looking at on social media. Yeah. And families are like fighting with you. I, I deleted my Facebook I just couldn't stand it. Mm. I mean, and I'm like with a trained mind, you know, I'm a therapist, right? And you think, oh, yeah, I could just, I just couldn't. I was like, I can't do this. I deleted my Facebook. I just have professional pages up. And my Instagram, I go on Instagram maybe like once a day in the evening time. And it's just, I don't know. And like the the lack of validity of things that people post on there you know and then you see people going back and forth and for a minute there I actually got caught up within myself you know I got really activated I was like what is going on you know and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna worry about myself and I'm gonna just kind of let people do their own thing because I need to not get triangulated in everything that's happening in the world um but I I think that that the whole social media component is so important to reduce in your life because unless you're unless you have to be on social media you know i have friends who like do things on social media they make money off social media that's different that's your job but if it's not your job god we live in such a beautiful world yesterday i was looking outside of my balcony after being on my computer and i was um doing like some stuff and i looked out my balcony i'm like 
God, my backyard is so beautiful. I haven't gone out in my backyard for three days. What's wrong? <laughs> because I'm working, yeah. you know? And so there, the, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, working on your laptop, just like disconnecting from your, you know, electronics is just amazing. It's just amazing. I have a friend, he lives in England and, um, his name is Ryan and he, I was talking to him, you know, like, Maybe I'll talk to him like maybe three, four times a week. And every time I talk to him, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sunbathing. And I'm like, you're sunbathing? You live in England. Where are you sunbathing? Yeah. He's like, I just had some ice cream and I'm just, I have the radio on and I'm sunbathing. The I'm Europeans like, live a totally what? different lifestyle. My daughter's been all over and she's it's like, amazing. they are so relaxed and chill and yeah. somehow they get things done. And if they don't, they don't. They don't. Yeah. I'm like, so what did you do today? I'm just like China, you know? And he's like. Well, I went to the store and then I bought some ice cream and then I'm tanned and I've been tanning for like three hours. I'm like, is there anything else you did today? And he's just like, no, he goes, it's just very simple, you know? And I always tell him, I go, you live such a simple life. Um, we could do that here too. We don't have to constantly be doing a billion things at yeah. once, but disc, if we don't, if we're not working, the last thing we should be is on our social media. It's just not a great place and it affects people's self-esteem. I'm pointing at some. Like, really bad. Hey, you're not supposed to shame me. No, Social is it affecting you? What's happening? Tell you know, no, us. No, I don't, think, no, no I, don't think it's, I don't think it's affecting me. I, like I said, I'm like, okay, I was gone for like a week just on vacation. And I, the only thing I posted was some things about like I visited the first radio station that I worked at in Iowa. So I posted some things there because I had some former students that I would tell my stories about. And so I'd post pictures or video of me actually showing them the studio and the and the radio station and stuff because it's out in the middle of a cornfield practically. And so things like that. And then, like you said, you know, like some of the beer things I do and, and just pictures and stuff. So I'm not really inundated with engagement with other people. It's just a creative outlet that I use it for. We've yeah. talked about, I'm, I'm actually teasing him because we've talked about social media and we've done an entire episodes, I mm. think, right, on social media. And it's this catch-22 is that we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we're participating. But then we see so many things that are harmful. Whether or not we can't keep up with people and we feel embarrassed or ashamed because our life isn't, quote unquote, as good as somebody else's life, which in reality, Mm -hmm. social media life isn't real life anyway. So we're judging, I saw a quote, we're judging our um, life against someone's best picture they've taken Uh in a year, you know, and so it's just, it's not even a fair comparison. And so the 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 detriments you know so but but like you know i have my phone in my hand all the time and if i don't then i'm i find that i'm like oh gosh you know where's my phone and so i have trained myself for certain reasons which would take us off in a completely different direction not that they're valid or unvalid but i have trained myself but then also um everything is on there mm-hmm. notes yeah. and pictures and research and um Emails. Just emails and texts and like everything is on there. So it's kind of like you can't help but not have it in your hand because it's like, oh, I need to look up my calendar. I need to whatever it is. It, it seems like it's going to go, you know, to your phone. But um, has it ever happened where you just I'm so sorry for cutting you off. No, no, so please. Sorry. But I was just wondering before you, you know how you have it in your hand and you're just like you have your emails or whatever. Has it ever happened where you just automatically open Instagram and you don't even know why you opened it? Yeah. <laughs> To me yeah, too. and then I'm we like, get right, these like it. alerts which don't help. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so and so posted a picture. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like ah, 
Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. just awful. So so we've talked we've hit on a lot of different topics, and I know that you brought some notes. You you have a like a list of some five things that you can that we can do to. Well, one quick thing too, okay, because one of the things that I liked about social media is um, Hillside Wellness Center's Instagram. You guys post things on there, like little, um, not necessarily pictures of you guys, but um, like uh, helpful notes, helpful things. Like one time, and I forget what they were off the top of my head, but you had like the three G's, or you know, if you wake up in the morning, you know, think something positive, and then you know, so you're just kind of giving these little tips and advice on how to kind of maneuver your day to make it feel a better day. So I think that there is some uh, validity to that in social media, where you know people are putting stuff out there that can be helpful and beneficial because it does, you know, you're, you're going through your day and, and sometimes just the validation of, Oh, you know what? Okay. I'm going to stop and think it's okay for me to think positive of myself. It's okay to think, Oh yeah, you know, I look good today. Or one of the things I've been going through was uh, before COVID I lost like 60 pounds. And so I was feeling really good, but because of COVID I've kind of put some of that back on. So originally I was thinking to myself, Oh, this is a bad thing. And then I started to think, okay, you know what? I lost it once. I can do it again. So I'm not going to be guilty about it, but I can still feel good about myself because of some of the other things that I'm doing. Like, um, you know, okay, I'm getting out and, and going for a walk a little bit more now because I can, or I'm, you know, still not in my size 40 pants or whatever, you know, so there's still those yeah. accomplishments that I made. And so it's still okay to feel good about ourselves, even though we might have, uh, you know, going through this abnormal time. Uh, but I think it's important to also to re- be reminded sometimes that it is okay to think about ourselves and to, and to kind of be selfish that way. Okay. Instead of turning on the news right away, let me just take a few minutes to think about what I want my day to be like. Let me think about what I'm thankful for today. Um, okay. My family. Okay. I've got this nice backyard. I might go sit out and sunbathe for five minutes and, or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, and start to formulate some of those things. And I think that's kind of where for me, sometimes social media is helpful because you can get these little nuggets of uh, advice and information that makes the day helpful and kind of reinforces some of the things that I might be feeling. Yeah. And I think that that's an excellent point is that we can be purposeful. If we're going to use social media, we can be purposeful in it. So we can choose, um, accounts or choose people to follow who are giving out helpful information and things that make us think things that make us um, turn our thinking over to something a little more positive because we can purposely follow people who are salacious or who we feel competitive with and it makes us feel bad about ourselves or we can purposely follow accounts that lift us up and make us feel better so again that could also be a form of self-care is what am I if I'm going to have this device and if I'm going to have these accounts, what is it that I'm allowing into my brain? Am I allowing, am I just looking at junk? Am I looking at a bunch of women in bathing suits all day long? Or am I looking at things that are going to help me to move forward and, and to be actually be a better person? I think what you're saying is that we have a choice. And yes. a lot of people don't feel like they have a choice. Yes. Um, I always say, I, I try to teach people, there's two ways that things go inside your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and first, your mind, of course, is your eyes and your ears, you know, unless, you know, you're eating something. And, but two ways that things go inside your mind into your psyche are your eyes and your ears, what you're listening and what you're watching. Mm-hmm. And then once it goes in your mind, then it has an effect on your body. Mm-hmm. So it either stresses you out or it makes you feel good, Yeah, you know? And so a lot of times we have to remind ourselves that we have a choice as to, yes, exactly how you said, who we follow and who we decide to block and who we, you know, decide to 
uh, what is it got? Regram. You know? oh, I feel yeah. like I'm like, like 100 re- years old. Like repost. <laughs> Regram. Like repost, repost or whatever. Um, re- retweet. Is it or... Instagram? Is yeah. that what we're doing yeah. right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, regram, you know, or whatever. Or what we actually decide to post on our page. So, yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm very strict as to what goes on Hillside's page, what goes on my page, what goes on all of our interns' pages, you know, because I'm very, I'm so annoying. I'm like that supervisor where I'm like, okay, let's take a look <laughs> at my trainees' pages. What have they posted? And I, I, you know, it's also teaching them how to be professional. And so what you put out there is kind of like what you're attracting back to yourself and how people see you and mm-hmm. considering Everyone judges you based off your social media. Mm-hmm. If you put a certain image out there, you put certain things, words out there, they're going to see you that way, you know? And so I think being mindful of who you follow, that's such a good point. Like mm-hmm. who you follow, you have a choice. You can delete certain things. You can repost other things. And what you post on your page, you know, is very, very important. And I, I think that, yes, you're right. Sorry, we were totally making it a negative thing to be on social media. But most of it is negative. But True, but, true. But no, you are right. There are many things. Like I love following um, like the like the entrepreneurship, like entrepreneur, like alpha male pages because they always have such amazing quotes, you know, and they're just like, oh, did you know at 23, uh, Walt Disney was, you know, being up and boss, <laughs> yes. like, oh, I have a chance, yeah. you know? <laughs> so these are the things that I love to follow and – and so just kind of filling your brain with, you know, having a choice of like what you see and what you hear is very important and knowing that you're not stuck. You don't constantly have to look at models online and compare your body to theirs, you know, or somebody's hair or somebody's house or where, where they were on vacation. That's not what Instagram is all about, but, you know, it's kind of like what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of people comparing their bodies to mine. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I'm sure it makes oh them feel God. good too. It makes me feel good. You know, I, I kind of twist it around so me comparing myself to others. I'm like, oh, they're going to compare themselves to this pit. It makes some people feel bad about themselves right about now. Uh, I, I remember you told me you lost 60 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. We used to play softball together. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That was, I don't remember you being okay. 60 pounds over. Well, that was, that was from the time that we played until about a year ago oh. it was kind of the the, the increase oh, and then okay. and then the loss um, but yeah and, and that was the other thing you know when, when even back in the the stressful days of radio at which is now iHeart media um, you know getting out there and playing softball once a week I think we all kind of look forward to that because it was a release it was an outlet there was camaraderie yes. you know there was fun mm-hmm. and and even even on top of that there were people from different departments you know because you had uh, you know DJs from different radio stations, you had promotions people from different radio stations, you had, you know, all these different kinds of people from all over the company that came together and played, and it was this uniting not only playing softball and having that release and that fun of activity, but it was also joining all these people. So then when you got back to work and you saw these people in the hallway, you were like, hey, how's it going? And you're talking softball and doing some fun stuff. And so that even created a better work environment um, than what might have been because of the softball team yeah. and how we came together. I missed that. Yeah, I was in grad times. school during that time, and I couldn't wait to have a bat in my hand on yeah. Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> those were fun. Yes. All my stress is going out. I don't care if I make it or not. Yeah, I just want to hit the ball or want to swing a bat. But it was definitely something that was actually on my list of five things to how to take care of yourself is just have a plan for at least once a week to do something that you look forward to. You know, it's so important. So, you know, whether it's meeting with someone, FaceTiming with someone, going out and getting coffee, um, we can still do that now. You know, we can do it with our masks on. You can, you know. (laughs) 
felt like they said we can't walk outside. Um, you know, whether it's playing a game, whatever it is, just have a plan that you look forward to or towards the end of the week, which is really, really nice. Because sometimes um, I can't tell you how how often during this quarantine time I was like, what day is it again today? Oh, I've yeah. been the worst. Like I have. Yeah. And plus, not only have we been off, you know, everything has been mixed up during quarantine. But then my husband decided to start taking Fridays off. I am completely discombobulated. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every week he's home on Friday and I'm like, okay, so now my whole rhythm is off, my routine. And like, I really don't know what day it is anymore. So I'm thinking that every day is Tuesday and it's not. And (laughs) I'm like, what? What day are we on again? Yeah. I remember I woke up my boyfriend one Sunday and I was like, you're supposed to be at work. <laughs> and he's like, it's Sunday. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. Like, right? I looked at my phone. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you overslept. I was like, you're supposed to be at work. But yeah, it was like really, really, it's just, it throws you off. And that's why having humans need some sort of a structure. Mm-hmm. As a human being, you can't just like live, you know, like your head in the clouds all the time. You need some sort of structure because structure brings safety into mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and safety makes your anxiety go down. That's the only reason why we get anxious. Mm-hmm. You get anxious because you don't feel safe. You feel mm-hmm. like you don't have control. So when you feel like you have control and you feel safe, your anxiety will decrease immediately. So let me ask you this. If someone is suffering from anxiety... And let's say they are on medication um, for for anxiety and depression, um, and they're in the thick of that. And it's so hard to say when they're in that that depressive or that anxiety state. Okay, we have to like get a routine, or there has to be some structure, or we need to go outside and walk around the block every day, or something. It's so hard for that person to assimilate that information until they do something about it when they're clear headed it's like oh yeah of course it makes total sense but then you can't it's so it's hard to develop a structure from that state so what would you recommend if if you say like if you have a, a loved one or someone who's suffering from like severe depression anxiety they're on medication the medication's working like so so but then what would you say to the people around them to help them get out of that anxiety state into a structure into um some normal routine and some purpose i think that the so the different so typically when someone has anxiety majority of the time there's also kind of an underlying depression um or depressive symptoms that that actually contribute to you know not being able to follow through with things throughout the day unless there's some add or something like that Mm -hmm. um so Whenever you have a, whenever I have a patient and let's say they're struggling with anxiety and depression and, or just anxiety or just depression, whatever it is, just a a human being who just struggles with, uh, kind of living day to day and having some sort of structure, you got to start off small. You got to start off really, really small. It's, it's like going to the gym. Mm. So you don't go to the gym and just start you know, lifting hundred pound weights. You go to the gym, you, you lift one pound. <laughs> you do. Well, Son does apparently. But <laughs> multiple like, reps, yeah. multiple um, sets. <laughs> but no, you, you have to go, you start off with one pound, you know, okay. and then you, and then you boost up to like two pounds and then five pounds. And so every day you have to kind of ask yourself, okay, what is one thing today that I can get done? Like, what's my goal for the day to get done? Not a selfish goal, but to get done. So, or what is one thing that I can incorporate in my day every day for the next five days? Mm. If you can't do five days, three days, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then you build. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I always like to tell my patients, listen, choose something that's not hard because we, uh, a lot of us are overachievers and we want to do big things and make big things happen and we right. can't wait, especially in the, you know, in our like culture and, and the, 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 you know, 2020, we're just like, you know, now or never and we got to get it started. So it's very important to start small, something tiny, whether it's waking up and doing three G's, you know, in the morning or waking up and just starting every single day for the next three days, having your coffee outside without your phone. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one, that's one thing. So if you do it for three days, then you're falling into a little bit for, of a habit. So 21 days to make or break a habit. Sometimes people can't do, you know, the 21 days full on. You start right. with three, then you go okay. to five, then you go to seven and you build upon that. Got it. So um, a lot of good things are to, to write things down that you want to do mm-hmm. and then check them off. People like to check off things. A lot of moms like that. Yeah. I work with a lot of moms <laughs> and they love checking stuff off. Yeah. List. And if it's not on the list and I did it, then I put it on the list and then check it yes, off. Yes. It feels even better. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I forgot that. I even have a list because yeah. I have so much to do. I'll like forget. Um, but yeah, that's one of the ways. So, and also coming to therapy every week, routine. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, your therapist is going to be there. I'm not going anywhere. Even if you don't show up, I'm still sitting here waiting for you. You know, and it's just, it's nice to know that that structure, that safety is there. So it takes some time. We're humans. We're very fragile creatures. So, so what are the three G's again? So the three G's are good, great, I'm sorry, grateful, good, and goal. I like to do grateful first. So in the morning you wake up, um, you don't have to do it necessarily in the morning, but I like to do it in the morning. So I'll wake up in the morning before I get out of bed, before I reach for my phone, before anything, I just say, what is one thing I'm grateful for today? So what is one thing you're grateful for today? Our podcast. Very good. What is one thing you're grateful for today? Air condition. Excellent. Yes, I just turned on, heard your voice. Um, what is one thing that's going good in your life? I think the fact that I have a healthy perspective on, because life has thrown me curveballs lately, and I'm talking outside of COVID and some of the stuff going on with job-related stuff, and I think I have a healthy perspective on, on handling where I'm going in life. Very good. And what is one thing that's going good in your life? Probably one step in front of the other. Things are a little murky right now, so I'm just, it's, things are moving forward, not as well as what I would like, but they're still moving forward. So that is, yeah. Very good. Sometimes if you can't think of something, that's a a big thing, right? You're looking Mm -hmm. at, Mm -hmm. like for instance, like grateful, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know, there's nothing really to be grateful. And I say, well, do your arms work? Do your eyes see? (laughs) Can you smell? Can you walk? You know? Right. So just even the simplest, like, oh, I love my sheets in my bed. Mm -hmm. They're so soft. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. something simple as that is still being grateful. So, okay. And what is one selfish goal you have for yourself today? It can't be work related or anything, just selfish you. A selfish goal today might be to actually go home and grab a beer and listen to music for the duration of the consumption of that adult beverage. Perfect. That is the most selfish goal I've ever heard. <laughs> It's great. I, I could be no, selfish. No, I like it. No, I like it. I like it. What's one selfish goal you have for yourself today? Doesn't have to be huge. Something. Yeah, today probably it's not going to happen. But if it, if I could make it happen, because I have other things scheduled, um, I would watch. I would sit down and watch a movie. Turn a okay. classic movie. I would watch an old classic movie and okay. uninterrupted, with no noise, no questions, no. 
So the first, <laughs> first thing you have to do is that the goal that you set for yourself, you have to make it happen. So it has to be even simpler than that. If you mm. think it might not happen, it could be something like, I'm going to wash my face when I get home and take two minutes just to myself in my room with no one there. Even that can be a goal. Or taking a bath mm. or having ice cream or getting a drink from Starbucks. You know what I mean? Very, very simple. We got to right. simplify our days. Okay. So in the morning you wake up. One thing I'm grateful for, one thing that's going good in my life, one goal I have for the day. And with the goal, I like to have a theme for the day. So, for instance, today's theme for me is just peace. So everything I'm doing today is going to feed peace because I just need a lot more peace in my life today or else I'm just always, always running. Okay. Right? So you have you could have a theme in your day. You know, if you can't, even if you're so busy, you can't do the three Gs. Let's say you're super busy and you just can't. What's the theme of today? Like, what do I want to focus on today? What do I need in my life today? I need peace. I need strength um i need support whatever it is and then you remind yourself throughout the day and it's just a little tiny mindful exercise but it really helps a lot of people um so those are the three g's um i had five things you want me to go ahead yeah and just go ahead and read down those five and then i have so, a question for you sure uh so number one is say no i love saying no now it's like my favorite thing to do no no which is funny because uh isn't that the first thing that little kids learn when you tell them to do something they're like no, no. No, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or yeah, or or maybe these days. And then we take things. Yeah, yeah. And then we take it away from them, and then right. we have to relearn it as an adult. Yeah. Right. But yeah. saying no, I've heard, is a great way to test the the health of your relationship because if a person takes your no well, then you know that you have a strong relationship. And if they do not like your no and they have a fit and mm-hmm. yell at you, then you need to let that person go. Very, very, very true. Yes. It's it's saying no is such an important thing because it teaches you assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part to saying no is stop saying I'm sorry and replace that with thank you. Mm. I cannot remember where I saw this, but it was like years ago and I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So for, ex- for example, if I were, if you guys were, Oh, actually, like last, you know, two weeks ago when you guys came to my office, I was like, <laughs> oh, crap, you know, I, just, I bet you heard me in my office. But, you know, instead of me rushing out and going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's going, thank you so much that we can reschedule this. Thank you so much for waiting me. Thank you so much for not being mm. mad at me. You mm. know what I mean? Because when you say I'm sorry, you automatically feel small. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you feel inferior. So saying no, replacing um, I'm sorry with thank you. Uh, sleep. You know, don't feel guilty about sleeping. Don't think you're lazy for sleeping. Yes, you might be a little depressed these days because life changed. Um, and change sometimes brings a little bit extra depression and anxiety. Sleeping is so important. It's like one of the most essential things you can do um, ever. Um, do you get enough sleep? I do. I think so. I Good. try. Do you get enough yeah, sleep? I, yeah, I do. Good. Pretty much, Good. yeah. Very- Unless the dog is pacing at 3 in the morning, then, then I don't. But. Yes. Other than that, yes. <laughs> and so avoid guilt. Um, I when I, I work with a lot of women and the first thing they'll tell me is, oh, God, I feel so guilty. I had chocolate cake or I had a Starbucks and I say, did you have it? And they're like, yeah, I go, did it taste good? They're like, yeah. And I said, so what's the point of feeling guilty? Well, I should not have had. It. I said, listen, you're either going to have it and just have it, like just enjoy whatever you're eating or don't have it at all. Mm-hmm. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. I go, so if you had it, enjoy it. Be proud that you had it and then you have another choice tomorrow. You know, so don't don't give yourself unnecessary guilt, you know, that you you know that you already did something. You can't go back and redo it. So. Right. Right. Um, the other thing is, um, as I said, make a plan once a week. Um, look, there's something to look forward to. When you do the three G's, it has you something tiny to look forward to every day, which is really nice. And lastly is the three G's. Which- and again, remind everybody the three G's. 
uh, one thing I'm grateful for, one thing that's going good in my life, and one selfish goal I have for myself. So it's grateful, good, goal. And, and then one final thing as we kind of wrap up, um, a lot of people think that they come to visit somebody, a therapist, and it's a sign of weakness. They're like, I'm going to take care of myself. I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody's help. That's not at all what it is. I've learned over the years that sometimes just being able to talk to somebody who's like an independent person that's not in the environment, not in your life, can be a good thing. Sometimes you just need someone to listen. Sometimes, you know, there are things that advice you can offer. But um, if you can just maybe quickly in a couple minutes just kind of address the idea that, you know, talking to somebody isn't necessarily a sign of weakness or a bad thing, but in fact can be a healthy, good thing that can help you get over whatever it is that you're going through, even if it's just the littlest thing of life that happens to be going on right now. Absolutely. And there's two components to this. So this is individual therapy. And then the other component is couples work. So a lot of times right now, especially a lot of couples will contact me. I'm very picky of what couples I work with because I need to make sure I'm the best fit. Um, And so I always tell them because it's always the no offense, but it's always the male that says, well, if we're having these issues right now, we're not married, then why would we? Well, this is the thing. So it's preventative. Okay, so you don't want to get married to someone and you didn't go to therapy because you were feeling like you should do it on your own. You should be able to work on it on your own. It's actually very healthy to go to premarital therapy to talk about things that are really uncomfortable and to get out of the way, learn how to communicate and see if you could communicate then to get married, Mm -hmm. you know. Yes, I love that. (laughs) And then get married and then get like typically couples come to therapy when it's way too late. They're on the verge of getting divorced. Um the second thing is actually uh, it takes a very strong person to come to therapy. Um, it takes a strength within a person to ask for help, to put mm-hmm. their ego aside and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. Therapy nowadays is not when it's not like Freud and Carl Jung were therapists, you know what I mean? Or they were, they were psychiatrists um, or therapists. Um, it's not like you're crazy to come to therapy. You can come to therapy and ta- and have a safe place where you can talk about what's going on figure out your life. You don't have to be in therapy for years. Um, You could be if you'd like, but I think what I would suggest is that every person give themselves 10 sessions with a therapist and, you know, just be open and honest and just give yourself space to hear yourself Mm -hmm. Um, because that's literally our job. Our mind and ear is trained to help you understand yourself and learn about yourself. So... HillsideWellnessCenter.org is where we're at today. Dr. Irene Yemajian, a CIDI and a, a licensed marriage family therapist. And then again, HillsideWellnessCenter.org is where you can find out more information and your Instagram. If you want to send people to your Hillside Wellness Center Instagram, you want to share that? Yeah, it's Hillside underscore wellness. Um, and my Instagram is at Irene, at Dr. Irene Gay. I never share my Instagram. Right. I always forget it. <laughs> and you can find me at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, and the show at Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And I am at Tara Hokeshiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And if you go to my Instagram, you can click on the link in my bio. That will take you to uh, a library of our podcast videos, the blog, and most important, our swag shop. You can buy um, uh, podcast, I want to say memorabilia, but it's not memorabilia. Merchandise. It's merchandise. Thank Merch. you. My brain is not working. You can buy merchandise uh, for the show. Just go to my Instagram, click on the link, and you can also find that on our Two Steps Ahead podcast page as well. 
I want to say one more thing. Yep. All therapy until the rest of the year at Hillside is $25 for everyone um, until January. And then after January, we go back to regular income base. But we always make sure people could afford therapy. So if you know someone who needs therapy, um, it's $25. And if they really need us to work on that, we will also do that. And again, all the information, contact information, things like that can be found at hillsidewellnesscenter.org. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Be kind and don't be an asshole or a hole. Uh, <laughs> Let's try oh, that yeah. one more time. <laughs> be kind and don't be an a hole. There you go. And stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> right, we'll we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and do tell a friend.